Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary stories, stories to Tell on the pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, and spooky things you tell us about. And it's hosted by two people who like couch. Love couch. We don't talk enough about couch. Couch for sit. <laughs> couch for nap. Couch for sleep. And you better believe couch for eat. <laughs> Anna, how are you doing? I'm good. I, we just ate some Mendocino Farms, which is my favorite um, restaurant. A really good treat. It just is nice. It's when you eat a pasta salad from from a place like that. That is salad. It is not. It is not pasta. It is strictly salad in yeah. my head. It is. If it's called salad, that's salad. That's salad, baby. Friend, salad. <laughs> How are you, Andrew? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um. I don't know. Let's see. It's been a it's been a rainy weekend in LA, which I like. You like it. I think that is good and what everyone thinks. It yeah, it may- everyone in LA loves a rainy weekend. Next opinion. <laughs> so I was trying to say like, oh, that's unusual, but then I realized as I was talking that people here love the rain and I love this rain. Yeah. I one of the eeriest things I remember that felt kind of like an apocalyptic movie was um when we first moved here in 2017, I was at the grocery store and everyone was running to the front of the grocery store to look out the window. And I was like, "Uh Oh, it's all happening. Like it's a giant robot or something. And it was that it was raining very hard and people were like, wow. And I was like, Oh, okay. I live here now. Yeah. I, I, every time I go to my bar studio, it rains. Um, I can mostly go in the winter. This is, uh, but it is really like the, the post gym chit chat that happens. Right. Everyone is psyched for the rain. And I always try to pipe in with like, I'm from New York. So I'm used to getting, I like, it feels like I'm at home <laughs> to like the 20 year old girl who's running the front desk. And she's like, Oh sure. Like trying to be supportive. Yeah. Cause I, I'm not really getting it. I'm not doing myself any favors trying to get into the conversation. <laughs> I also just want to clock that. Um, every time I go to my bar studio, it rains is Kate Bush's next album. I'm excited. Yeah. She said she's taking 30 years to write it. <laughs> yeah, Seems exactly. Like too long. Right. It's based on the movie Jaws. It's very confusing. Now, Jaws, Andrew, this is funny. It relates to the theme of today's podcast. Oh, boy. Jaws is a big, scary thing. That's true. That's not what we're doing today. Mm-mm. Today, we are doing another installment of Small Scary Things. Small Scary Things. One of my favorite topics. There are sometimes the things that scare you can fit. In your pocket. What, 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 what don't scare you can only make you smaller. That, that really, the words were correct, but not in the order that I wanted them to be. That was really sweaty. Yeah, I know. That was, um, that was a late night pitch. Jason's typing a, 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 a time code in, in his notes app. Right. As if to say, I'm deciding that I'm cutting this. Yeah, part. I think that's for the best. Help me out, no. Jason. <laughs> he says, no, he's not going to help you. I don't blame him. Oh, gosh. That's pretty bad. Time you to be are, punished. You're nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> um, Box so office yeah. poison. <laughs> uh, okay. So we have an email address, Brag, where you can send us your, that's right, you, scary things at scarystorypod at gmail.com. Scarystorypod yes. at gmail.com. Send us your scary stories. This is a scary story sent to us by gentle listener Samantha. Um, and the the subject line, again, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good subject line. And so, some of you are really good at it. And some I of you that. are slam dunk. Uh, the subject line is babies are portals. <sighs> really good. Really good. Anna and Andrew, I just listened to your latest episode and you answered a question I didn't even know I had. 
I've experienced exploding head syndrome on and off for the past three years since I had my daughter. Oh, I just assumed having a baby broke my brain. Thanks for letting me know that it's a medical thing. (laughs) I've noticed that it will happen when I'm extremely tired, parentheses, which is all the time. Thanks to toddler energy. I do think that broken brain is a medical thing. Yeah. No, that feels fair. Yeah. You do an x-ray and it's like brain in half. If you can sprain your ankle, you can sprain your brain. Listen, you really can. You can. We learned it. While reminiscing on this, oh, just to say for anyone who missed it, we had an episode last week about exploding head syndrome, which is basically where you're falling asleep and you hear a loud bang. Right. Great. While reminiscing on the sleepless nights, sleepless nights of having a newborn, it reminded me of something spooky my daughter used to do. She had a really hard time sleeping on her own, or a really hard time sleeping for the first year of her life. This led to me and my husband having to hold her the majority of the night to get her to sleep. Mm. This is tough. Yeah, that is tough. My friend has this baby where <laughs> she, she baby only sleep on her. Oh. And so like naps or she just like sits in a chair while a baby sleeps on her. Oh, that's hard. It's tough. Um, as you can imagine, comforting a crying baby at 3 a.m. can be slightly spooky. No daytime bravery to be found. The spook factor increased when she would abruptly stop crying and start laughing at something in her eyeline directly behind my shoulder. Rude. Rude. Yeah, rude baby. Pick a pick a pick a different thing to do. Pick a dimension to exist in. Yeah. We're picking one or the other. I'm here and I can't go where you are looking, so yeah. it's rude. We're not having hot dogs and pizza. Pick one. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Every time this happened, I knew my husband was asleep and there was nothing interesting that she would have been looking at. Whenever this happened, I did not turn around, but I did book it to another room and turn on as many lights as possible. Smart. That is always a smart idea. This is called being a problem solver. I wish I could tell you this is an isolated incident, but this happened basically nightly for six to seven months. I don't believe in ghosts during the daytime, but at night when something you can't see is entertaining your child, you become a believer. People have tried to tell me it was shadows that she was looking at, but it was only but it only ever happened around 2 to 3 a.m., a.k.a. the witching hour. I know other moms have had similarly spooky experiences with their children, which brings me to some subject matter I think you should delve into. Children and babies are portals to the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Keep yep. on creeping on Love You Both, Samantha. Let's talk about this, babies as portals, because I do think this is a very interesting idea. Yes. I have potentially a stupid question that should be addressed to a child expert or someone who specializes in the brain development of children, but that that person's not here now. And so I will, I will posit it to you, Anna. Do babies ever just think of funny things? (sighs) That's an amazing question. Like is a baby ever like remember or like just imagining a funny thing that could happen. (laughs) It's like, Oh, this dog ate a treat. It was so funny. Yeah. It's like, I know eight words. What if one of those words did a funny thing? Yeah. I guess they're just like remembering blueberries or something. (laughs) Which makes me laugh. Sometimes I, I, maybe call me a, a, a portal baby because sometimes I think about wind and I laugh. Wind is very funny to me. Why? Say more. Okay. It's this it's it's this invisible thing that like makes our umbrellas turn inside out, which makes all of us look stu- stupid as hell or fla- our hats fly off. Uh-huh. Um sometimes it's hard to walk against it. You know, there was a there was a time in college where I got stuck <laughs> I got stuck in a windstorm and I was holding on to a stop sign laughing my ass off and I've never looked more like an elemental god causing havoc in my life. Just me laughing into the wind holding on to it. 
God. <laughs> See, it's so funny. That does segue into my opinion of wind, which is that it's really scary. Wow. My biggest fear as a kid was when you're sitting at a red light on a windy day and just seeing the traffic lights swinging back and forth. Yeah, that, I, that is very scary. It's something invisible. It's pushing everything around. What is it? Mm-hmm. Why does it happen only sometimes? Yeah. I'm scared. That's... I... This is... I mean, I, I hate to make the whole episode about wind, but it is true that like... I think if I was living in the medieval era or if I was, you know, from my, from my like ancestral Irish mud hut village, like wind, I would be like, well, this is God's breath or ghosts or something like it. What else could it be? You know, I was going to read an article from parents.com called can kids see ghosts, but now I'm Googling how did early humans explain wind? (laughs) Um, oh, thank goodness. No, this is history of wind power. No, that's I what will, I'm looking for. I will say that Andrew's question about do ba- can babies think of something funny does bring up a sort of argument that Anna and I have had, which oh. is, I don't think, I think it's a little sad that dogs can't laugh. They do. You're right. Anna says dogs laugh. I, I, they can't laugh. They're not laughing. That's Anyway, <laughs> you guys can talk. Oh, no, no. That, thank I'm you, Jason, for bringing that up. Do dogs laugh? I'm intrigued by this. There's a lot of debate among animal behaviorists about this, but most agree that no dogs can't laugh. At least not in the sense that humans can laugh. But look at these two pictures of dogs laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And then the thing below, it says dogs do laugh. However, it is not the same way humans do. And humans, laughter is composed of rhythmic, vocalized, expiratory, and involuntary actions. I just, what does a dog find, like, funny? They find stuff fun. I don't know if a dog appreciates funny. The sound can be any variation of ha-ha or ho-ho-ho. That's talking about human laughter. Yep. Dogs produce a similar sound through forceful panting, a ha-ha variation. (laughs) Dogs usually make the sound when playing to invite humans and other dogs to play. It is known as a play pant. Oh, when they go like... (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) The play pant is a form of breathing and not a vocal sound. Uh, Oh, boy. I think... Yeah, I'm curious. Like, how do we we delineate that? Because that, to me, is also like a dog is like, I want to have fun with you. Yeah, and like, is that funny? Yeah. I guess it's not. I'm Yeah, it's like playful versus is it funny? That's what, something about Chris, every time a baby sees him, instantly the baby is smiling. And I'm always like, what's going on here? That's nice. Which I, which I think is very sweet. Babies can sense vibes. Sometimes I think, I think, I think it's because Chris is a very sort of low voice. And I think sometimes babies are like, what the hell? And it's like, that's really delightful to them. Oh yeah, they can maybe their heads are soft, so it's vibrating in their head. Oh, yeah. oh. That's um, what humor is. Should I read this parents.com article? Can kids see ghosts? Yeah, why not? Great. This is by Jamie Fisher, um, a psychology expert. Weighs in on why it's totally normal for your child to be seeing spirits. Yes, really. Okay. Ghosts, goblins, and ghouls. Oh my! Nothing screams scary season like a supposed ghost sighting, <laughs> whether it be a door opening from a gust of wind, quote unquote, or floorboards creaking in an empty room. Things always seem a bit creepier come October. This article is from August. Oh, weird. It's no secret that kids have rampant imaginations. Uh, There's a certain thrill to fantasy and allure to the surreal at a young age. According to Dr. Woolley, between 30% and 50% of children have an imaginary companion at some point in their lives. Dr. Woolley suggests that many of these supposed ghost sightings can maybe due to culture. Mm -hmm. If they're raised in households that discuss supernatural beings are more likely. Oh, this is not getting it. I think she's. We're talking about why does a baby look at a ghost? And she's like, they have imaginary friends. And it's like, what about when a baby is pointing at something and laughing? Yeah. 
I mean, I think I think there are like to some extent we've 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 had theories about this before, which is like um, baby's vision is not fully uh, baby's vision. Wait, what's how do I even say this? I'm talking about I'm talking about babies plurally. Babies vision Uh aren't Uh fully finished yet. Like this is not like their (laughs) eyes aren't done. Their eyes are still figuring it out. What's your first language? (laughs) That's amazing. Like I got what you're saying. My first language is New England, I guess, and then (laughs) everything sort of. uh, so yeah, like their the connection between their eyes and their brain is not fully finished yet, and so like the a scientific explanation could be like what they are seeing, like how babies see colors in phases, right. like red is the first color that most babies can see. Wild, um, and then new things come in, and I I always wonder like when do like does the new color just do they wake up one morning and they're like purple like <laughs> fuck yeah oh my god let me call my agent yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know. I think there are things that are just so surprising to them that they see that can be little stupid things that make them laugh potentially or their portals, which is also compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Please write in with our, is your kid a portal? Um, but basically the, this doctor says that they learned it from their siblings and okay. they pointed out in this particular influencer's video that the kid pointed to a corner and their sibling said, maybe it's a ghost. And that's why he was oh, like, oh, it's a ghost. Yeah. But again, sometimes kids see ghosts. Yeah. No, I think that's true. And also, I'm fine with living in the mystery of things that like kids are viewing the world differently than the rest of us are. And no matter what, it's amazing to me. Like if a kid is like, oh, it's my, it's the, it's my ghost mom. I'm like, great. Love that. There's no bad outcome for me. Either. Yeah. Either it is a ghost mom, and that is amazing that that the invisible world exists, or it's like a baby's figuring out how to create something out of nothing in their head. Yeah, and I also think that's very cool. They're doing improv. They're doing. Oh God, help them! <laughs> God help them! Yeah, um, violin instead. Come on now. I guess the tricky part becomes if they're scared of it. Yeah, like that some is. kids are scared. Um, Doctor Woolley says that um, if they're scared of whatever spirit they saw, ask them to describe it. If the ghost has a really scary feature, you can maybe try to soften that. Say your ghost has really sharp teeth. Let's just imagine that all your ghost teeth fell out. Hold on. <laughs> that, That's so much scarier. Yes. Because that would, my kid brain would be like, it's going to fashion its teeth into some sort of weapon or like, it's going to yeah, be I'm so I'm going to step on the tooth. It's yeah. going to give me a ghost infection. <laughs> ghost infection. Ghost infection. Ladies and I'm gentlemen. I'm worried about the teeth on the ground. Yeah. And now this ghost is coming towards me like, ah. I have a question. Yeah. Was there anything your parents did to help make you not afraid of something? Like, can you think of a, a bit of parenting that you were like, oh, that was effective. I was scared of this thing. They said, don't be scared. Here's why really getting the root of my problems oh no no. uh not really (laughs) what about you (laughs) i'm so sorry shut up you're fine oh Oh, no oh the the first part that's wrong is that i went to my parents with a problem that uh did not occur but yeah go ahead tell us well here's the thing i think sometimes these things i view my mom was big into like ritual 
very Catholic yeah. witch. Like, and <laughs> there was a time when I had these very traumatic nightmares and she was like, draw them in their most like vivid, terrifying form. Like draw them as scary as you can. And then she was like, and then we're going to go, we're going to go outside. We're going to burn the picture. That's right. And then like, as the ashes are taken away, like, so is the scary thing. And I, a part of it worked for me. Another part was like, they're mad that I drew them and then burned them up. But (laughs) I think then the more I thought about doing the physical thing attached to not being scared anymore, subconsciously i think what i was getting from that was i was like it's time to grow up <laughs> which is not like no We're one burning told your me childhood that, yeah you know but it was sort of like okay enough of that that's gone now you know um but then i also I, I, like i was a sophomore in high school and i still would be like leatherface isn't going to come through my wall with a chainsaw but then i'd lay there and be like but if he did what direction would i run in you know? Yeah, I didn't sleep for most of 2018 because of the bent neck lady from the damn Netflix. That's uh, right, Hill House. That was scary. That I, I would say it's too scary. Yeah, I don't care if it's not regular TV. <laughs> they shouldn't be showing that to me. I'm too scared. Rated I'm gonna watch T it for too scary. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then I'd watch the reaction videos of bent neck lady surprising oh, people in the, the car. The jump scare. Oh yeah, yoy. Chris, his his beard flew off. When I. I, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast 20 times, but I did hurt my neck screaming at that. And I lost my voice. And you became Bent Neck Lady. I d- oh, no. A good drag king name, Ben Neck Lady. <laughs> I think that's Drag fun. king name, Neck Lady. That's nice. <laughs> neck Lady, yeah. Wow. Andrew, we have one other um, small scary thing. I'd love to hear it. This comes to us from gentle listener Hallie. Um, and the title, the subject line is Hamster Ghost Story. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Oh, thank God you're here. No intro. When I was a child. <laughs> right in. Yes. Respect. Speed date. When I was a child, we had a hamster named Houdini. I love this. Oh, it's an amazing name for a little Italian hamster. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think the name Houdini is Italian. I think no, it's no, fake. No, but it's okay. Okay, it's fine. He was fluffy and white with little pink feet. Sounds like he picked a good one. Mm. He was named Houdini because he always escaped from his enclosures, once famously impregnating another hamster, parentheses, who ended up eating most of her babies. (gasps) They do this. As Houdini grew old and weak, we housed him in a well-appointed glass tank on top of an old TV in the den, where it was quiet and low traffic. The day came that Houdini died. When we removed his tank from the top of the TV, we noticed one trail of hamster footprints going down the back of the old TV set. It was 100% hamster footprints with the knobby toes, and I saw them with my own eyes. I don't believe in ghosts, but I don't know how else to explain the single set of hamster footprints leading off the back of the television into eternity. I've been meaning to send this story since the podcast began. I'm so happy you're back. Kiss emoji. Oh, this is a fantastic story. The thing is, I believe her. Yes. It's Ghost Hamster. He's walking into heaven, which is over behind the TV. (laughs) Which is over behind the TV. Wow. Scary. Panasonic heaven. Yeah. I love this. I love love animal ghosts. I love what that implies. Um, A couple things that I'm just thinking about. Uh Uh-huh. 
when a hamster is in a hamster ball going around the house, that's mm-hmm. a ghost to me. Yeah, you're right. That's scary to me. Whenever it would roll off from a uh, carpet onto hardwood floor, the sound, I, the the dread that would be in my yeah. heart. Yes, scary. Very scary. Well, because it's going somewhere that's like you're gonna hit a a flight of stairs. It's an animal piloting a vehicle. Yeah, are those things bad? I feel like we're always hearing about killjoy animal experts who are like, don't do that. I know, I know, but I I don't know. And I don't don't know that I'm supporting it or saying no. It's That sound is such a formative one for my childhood. Not that I ever had a hamster, but every one I knew had a hamster. Yeah, we and had, that, that sounds heavily featured. One of our first, we had a gerbil named Muffy. Gerbils. A gerbil. I can't remember if it's gerbils or hamsters who are shittier personality wise. I think it's hamsters. Is it? I think hamsters like will be handled, but will. I think gerbils bite more. Yes, but they don't eat their babies. No, they definitely eat their babies. Oh, okay, they well, all do. They're always like, "Oh my god, I'm hungry. Mm, I shouldn't. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a fat ass. Can you believe I ate my kids? <laughs> My inner packet is going crazy right now. I ate my eight kids. Yeah. Hamsters saw Juno and they did not get the food baby joke. They were like, the baby I eat for who? <laughs> oh, yeah. Food baby. Oh, yeah. Correct. Food baby. Yeah. Baby. Baby food. <laughs> baby food. Yeah. I understand what baby food is. Oh, my God. Wow. You're right. That is a go. I will also say um, I haven't seen a hamster in a ball in so long, which I think is a sign that millennials are not having kids. Yeah. Millennials have destroyed the hamster The hamster industry. industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Have you seen, remember th- there was like a TikTok of um, someone put a ghost on top of their Roomba and then it was just like a ghost moving around the apartment. Like a little it, decoration or Yeah, I think ghost? it was like a balloon, like a helium balloon with cheesecloth on top. And so it just looked like a little ghost like going around the apartment. And I kind of feel like there's something to be done with hamster balls and ghosts in that way for Halloween. Oh, I thought you were saying hamster balls and Roombas. <laughs> I was oh. like, oh no, the two natural enemies. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. No, I do this thing. Fight. Um I wow. love that I love that a small thing can be a ghost. Definitely yeah, it does seem like, you know, all the animal ghosts. I would say and I'll ask you your opinion, which do you think is more popular, cat ghost or dog ghost? I will say personally, for me. Yeah. I think cat ghosts are more more pro, more more popular. Cat ghosts are more popular. Because think of how many people, if you ask the average person off the street, yeah. do you have a ghost story? They'll say, not really. And then they'll say, okay, well, sometimes I still feel my cat who passed away years ago getting on my bed at night. Really? I, I've not experienced this, but I believe it. I hear this about 30 or 40 times an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you started a hotline. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a lot of phones. It's the same 12 people. No, no, but that is, I, I buy that though. Cool. Because cats are, I think if your dog is a ghost, dogs are not subtle. Like a dog no. isn't going to like gently move a chair. The dog is going to knock your CD display case over. Yeah, dogs are more binary. They're either here or they're not. Yeah. You're never like, I wonder where the dog is. Right. A do- like, Or if a- you are, you're like, he's eating his own poop. Dogs knock over wine glasses like it's their job. Yeah. You know? They're always knocking over a wine yeah. glass. Dang, dang. But cats, I mean, cats also do it like it's their job, but they do it, uh, I'd say, in a, in a more ghost-like way. Yeah, I used to talk a lot about how Ladybird was a little ghost-like because yes. she was a little white smudge that would tiptoe through. Like once I turned the light off, she'd walk into the room to go to bed. Yeah. Um, but now as a cat owner, I can say they're extremely ghost-like, especially indoor-outdoor cats. Yes. Because you, you can open the door and be like, do you want to come in? And then he's not there. He's like a block away. But then other times you'll just be sitting on the couch and hear, 
which yeah. is sometimes really scary. That is scary. I mean, I, I probably told you this when I was not being paid to walk a neighbor's dog at like 9 p.m. every <laughs> night for a year and a half when uh-huh. I was a kid. Um, one of the most, one of the most viscerally frightening moments of my life was in the distance a white cat was running across a lawn but it looked because of the because it was dark because the, because of the depth perception it looked like someone in like an early 20th century straight jacket running across the lawn and i was like well i my i going to die of fright because that is the scary like it scared me so much because cats move so silently and a yeah. white cat in the dark that's a ghost that's keep it inside. Yeah. Don't do that to people. Yeah. If they're if if you're dead, they're dead. Keep them inside. Yeah. <laughs> Put a coat on them. <laughs> um wow. wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that would scare me to death now. Yeah. I can't imagine being a young boy doing unpaid I know. dog walking. And that dog hated me. But um only dog to ever <laughs> hate me, I will say. Wow. I guess the other thing with hamster ghosts. Mhm. So, yeah, the implication is the hamster died. Houdini died. Yeah. And then he crawled to heaven. He he crawled to to hamster heaven Mm -hmm. out of his cage. Right. The only other explanation I can think of, which I still like, is that in his old age, just when they thought he was past his sneaky time, he was still getting in and out with no one knowing. He was like, still got it. Yeah, looking he was in a pagoda. Yeah, yeah, he was looking in like a, an eyeshadow compact mirror, going like, <laughs> "Still got it." No, I like that explanation. The first and only thing I thought about the footprints was that he was he had a side chick <gasps> mouse in the house who was like going to his house. Oh, they fuck, they eat the babies. She leaves. This is this is Nancy Myers does Stuart Little. Yeah. Later in life, mouse on top of the TV or later in life. Yeah. And they're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, every character is voiced by a Diane Keaton. Yeah. Um, oh, I Has love, Diane Keaton voiced I, a hamster? I love the idea of a hamster having a side chick. Yeah. This is all I thought. Yeah. And it's like speaking directly now to the mouse in this house. Yep. It's like casual sex can be really fun and affirming. Mm hmm. Just like it doesn't feel like that's what's happening here. Yeah. Just like know that that's not your only option. Exactly. And make sure that everyone that that both parties or what however many parties there are in this situation are that they all feel taken care of. Yeah. You know. And only eat your babies if you're really hungry. Only if you're really if you have even if you live in an ingredients house, like think come up with something you make real fast. Yeah. Cuz a baby a baby does not a snack make. And put that on. And that's the tiny scariest thing of all. (laughs) Um, Anna, I love, what a great combo of tiny scary things to cover Yeah, it's something to think about. Um, Is it time for our favorite segment? I think it is. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Scary ideas Ideas for for things things that that can happen. happen. We are fresh as ever. Like, we're, we're like Cagney and Lacey out here. We, all of our blood is working on digesting Mendocino uh, cauliflower salad. Would you like to go first or second? I'm going to go first. Great. And mine is going to be in the theme of small things. Okay. You know that you have a gecko in your house and that's okay. <laughs> and you are, you have told yourself again and again, it's okay that there's a gecko in the house that eats small bugs. This is not a thing to be frightened of. Um, you do live in fear that you're going to pick up a shampoo bottle and the gecko will jump out onto your chest and that's okay. 
Uh, but you take a shower. There is no gecko behind the shampoo bottle. You, there is no gecko anywhere in the bathroom. Everything is totally fine. Um, you are hesitant to turn on the, sh- to turn off the shower handle thing. Cause you're like, the gecko could be under there. It is not under there. You're feeling great. You are relaxed. You put in a bathrobe, you get into bed, you lie down. And then just as your head hits the pillow, you see a little gecko reading a tiny copy of infinite jest with glasses on and he, she, or they look over to you and say, could you get the light? <gasps> that could, could happen. happen. It could happen. Could happen. I hear you saying, no, it couldn't. It could happen. We all know it. That is really scary. Thank you very much. The the visceral image of moving a shampoo bottle and a gecko jumping on your chest. I mean, has that occurred to this you? This was my life in Florida <laughs> as a kid. That, I happened, say, that con- happened to you 30 or 40 times an hour. It conservatively, it happened to me like twice a semester in school. Oh, it's too many times. Yeah. And if it, the thing is, you don't, you don't want to hurt a gecko. You don't want to kill it. But why do they jump at you? Full, God. like, like fully no. out, like flying, flying. They're squirrel. like, oh, sick. New wall just dropped. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to do one. That's also about a small thing. Great. You are a purveyor of unusual antiques and you come into work one day put up the blinds switch the sign around from close to open switch on the lights and you see right on the counter even though it's not wednesday which is the day that people can come and try to consign something you see a small music box and you're excited you are known for having many music boxes and this one is like nothing you've ever seen before. And you step over, and it's inlaid with stones and mother of pearl and gold, of mahogany wood, and you, your greedy little fingers make its way to the lid, and you open the lid, and instead of a ballerina twirling, it's a shampoo bottle, and a gecko jumps out on your chest. That that could, could happen. happen. Oh my god! And Anna. it's crazy because I thought of that way before you ever even got here. Just when you thought it was safe to open the music box, it's not. It's the t- it's time for the sequel of it's the gecko. Time. Wow, I love that. Thank you, Andrew. You're very welcome. I'm just trying to play in your in in where what you're working with, man. That made me feel very supported. Oh, good. Yeah, and also that would be what a what a terrifying surprise. Oh. There's a lot of scary things that could happen with the music box, but that's one we haven't seen yet. I know. I now I'm I'll, also speaking of our last episode. What about a music box that opens and it's a jigging little gremlin? <gasps> oh, I wish that felt not. So scary to say, jigging little gremlin. That's oh, a, a hate term. That hurt my neck. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're going to hear from like some small country like Liechtenstein or something being like, "You have offended my culture." Yeah. Like, no, no, I didn't know. No. Um. Anyway, Anna, thank you so much. That was such a, what, a, what a pleasure of an episode that was. And thank you for thanking me. It's all about the gentle listeners. You can send your tales to scarystorypod at gmail.com. We'd love that. And everybody else, get, get out. out.